Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast, and today... I am so excited because I've got a fellow writer and publisher and copywriter on the show today. So we've already had this amazing discussion, which you guys didn't get to hear, but we're going to continue <laughs> that discussion on the podcast. So I want to welcome to the show, Rachel Allen, and she's the owner of Bolt from the Blue Copywriting and now Meet Verb, a ghostwriting agency for thought leaders in waiting. So now you see why she has to be on the Author to Authority podcast. And through her work <laughs> in industries from accounting to astrology, She's helped people all over the world leverage their language to generate massive impact, influence, and income. And ultimately, all of her words is in service of one simple mission, to build the words that bring great ideas into reality so that they can have a tangible impact and move the global conversation forward. So welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted. Let's just begin a little bit because we're going to be talking about leverage the power of language. Okay, so like uh, I've died and gone to mm -hmm. heaven, right? Uh, I love calling it the power <laughs> of words. So first of all, Rachel, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a bit about your story? Absolutely. So uh, I'm Rachel. I run Bolt from the Blue and now Meet Verb, as Kim said. And uh, I've been doing copywriting and ghostwriting for 12 years now, which wow. blows my mind every time I say it. <laughs> doing it kind of all over the globe. Started out in Hong Kong, ended up moving around for a while, built the business while being nomadic, and then came back to the States, transitioned into an agency model a couple of years ago. Now we work with clients in, I think, 14 countries on projects ranging from web copy all the way through to full books and publishing support. Wow. Wow. So how did you get into that? What, what led you to that? <laughs> I fell into it completely backwards. I actually didn't know what copywriting was until the day I started doing it. <laughs> I had gone to school for journalism and I double majored in uh, journalism and Asian studies because I wanted to work for The Economist in Hong Kong. Like that was the plan. And so like I did all the things, I interned at NPR, like got all the grades, blah, blah, blah. And then I graduated in 2008 and nobody was hiring. So I sent out 200 resumes and I got zero responses. And the only job I could get was unpacking boxes at Old Navy on the 6 a.m. shift. And I was like, this is not what I intended to do with my life. So I stuck it out for about six months. And then I was like, you know what? <laughs> and it makes me laugh even now to think about it. Cause I'm like 22 year old brain, but why? <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Hong Kong because they have jobs there. And it turns out that they do have jobs in Hong Kong, but you have to have a work visa, which I did not take into account. So I uh, packed up, landed with a couple hundred dollars in my bank account and I had to make rent. 
And so I was Googling like how to make money online because it's 2008 and that wasn't so much of a thing back then. And I found out about this thing called copywriting and I saw a freelance job for it. And I was like, I think I could probably do that. And uh, it turns out I could. And I very much enjoyed it. I built a business on it and kind of went from there. Yeah, I actually fell into ghostwriting as well. Uh, my son was getting married <laughs> and we had a year where um, mm-hmm. we didn't, we absolutely had to replace two vehicles. So I, I don't know if you've ever heard the yeah. term driving by faith, but it's basically you get in the car, you pray, you make it to where you're going. You do what you need to do, you get in the car, you pray, you make it back home again. And of course, you know, it hits a point when yeah. you can't, it, it's better to just not repair the vehicle and put the money aside to buy something new. And that's what we were doing. Yeah. And then my son's wedding on top of that. And I was on a freelance site looking for a graphic designer mm. to do a little bit of work for me. And, you know, this mm-hmm. still small voice said, why don't you check out writing jobs? <laughs> and I think, yep. They pay that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. can do that. <gasps> oh, I can really do that. And um, yeah, within a day, I had my first jobs. So amazing. You know, and it just, it grew from there uh, so quickly. So you and I were kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, let's just give this a try and see what happens, right? Exactly. (laughs) But your story also makes me think of, um, do you ever watch that show called Border Security? Oh, I have not. So basically it's, it's different countries. So they have Canada, US, I think they have Mm -hmm. Australia, but it's mostly Canada, US. And it's all about people crossing the border. So the mm. U.S. is about people crossing into U.S. Canada is about people mm-hmm. coming into Canada. And, you know, you, you, how many times do you see people coming over and they ask you, are you coming over here to work? And they're trying to do everything not to ask the, answer the question because they don't have yeah. a work visa. <laughs> yeah. You must be thankful you actually got in because usually they turn you around at the border and send you home. <laughs> Luckily, I had been there before on a student visa. And so I think that having been having had a previous visa and no, you know, obviously no issues with that. um, It worked out all right. But yeah, no, it's always fun playing border roulette. (laughs) So I want to get into the nuts and bolts of today, which is leveraging the power of language. So I know you've come prepared with some things that you want to share and and teach and train the audience. So I'm going to let you loose for a bit. And then we're going to have a lovely conversation. Yay. So I have so many things that I I love talking about when it comes to leveraging the power of language, because high level, I believe that language, um, words are one of our most democratized access points to power. They literally make worlds. Um, There's research that shows that our brains actually physically, literally understand the world through metaphors. So words do make worlds. Um, and that's an incredible power. And what's cool about it to me is that it is a power that anybody can access and learn how to use. Anybody can learn how to become a more effective writer. Anybody can learn how to leverage this power. And so there are so many ways that I love talking about that, but the way that I decided to focus today was talking about how, um, you can take content that is one size and make it another size. And I know that sounds a little weird, but we talked about this from the beginning of how, um, a lot of our clients Think of, th- think of content creation as separate buckets. So like they think they're writing a book and then also they have to create a ton of blog content and then also they have to create a ton of email content and then, oh my God, there's social on top of that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Take a breath, step back and realize that all content is scalable. So what I mean by that is any piece of content, anything you write can be scaled up or down. 
a book breaks down into chapters. Chapters become equivalent to, let's say, blog posts or course modules. Um, you can break that down further into, let's say, paragraphs become emails, headings become social media posts, etc. And you can the, the reverse applies as well, right? You can start with a heading and work your way all the way up to a book. And once you understand this concept, you can realize that in writing a book, you are writing multiple years worth of blog content, multiple years worth of emails and social media and stuff like that. And so that's what I'm always trying to help my clients understand is that in investing the time, energy and sweat equity of making a book, you're also doing a whole ton of other work for your business. And that's the, I that's the concept. That's the teach piece. Um, if people can understand that, I can, I can go more into how to break that down specifically and move uh, up and down from each one. But honestly, like if client, if uh, audience members walk away with nothing else other than remembering like, oh, wait, in writing one thing, I am actually writing many things. Mm-hmm. I'm satisfied. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing. So I'm currently working on my book. So every time I, I do a chapter or, or something, there's certain sentences that just are really good. Like they're delicious. Yeah. yeah. And so I mark those down. So uh, I had been writing about your core marketing message. So I actually, I'm just pulling it up here. You can't see it, but it says yeah. I made a social media graphic that says your core marketing message is the foundation of your business and allows you to grow it faster than you ever imagined. So there's a social mm-hmm. media uh, post right there. Mm-hmm. I pulled one sentence out yeah. of 30 to 40,000 words. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you and I try not to laugh, but, you know, when people come up to us and they have a book and they say, I don't know, I don't have any content ideas. And you, you really want to laugh, but you can't because. But like in a nice way, like, yeah, oh, honey, honey, you do. You're okay. But I think, I think part of it is people don't, you know, the book is so big, they don't know how to, to, to find it. And what I found really worked for me was in going back and reading it, those sentences that grabbed my attention. Yeah, definitely. Right. And, and here's the thing, just because like you pull it out of the book, as long as it's your book, you don't have to quote it perfectly. If you have to change it up a little bit to make it work for a social media post, then do. Yeah, totally. It's your material and your content. You, you're looking for the core concept. And honestly, that's what the whole point of that is. When you look for those really resonant sentences, it's anything you read that you're like, ooh, that. Your audience on social media will also feel that, but they will be more along the lines of like, oh, yeah, that kind of feeling. And so if it still has the same feeling, it doesn't have to be word for word. And the one thing that I love about it is it's actually allowing you to do market research at the same time, because I encourage my, Mm. my clients to be taking little pieces of the book and be posting it while we're writing it. Mm -hmm. So not only are they building audience, which is important, but they're also seeing what resonates with the audience. So before the book is even published, if you're posting lots of, you know, if you're posting little quotes every day, you're going to see the ones that people are like, and that's where you then know, okay, that's, I can focus in on that more and expand that out more, get more engagement. You know, there's Mm -hmm. stuff I posted, which I thought was amazing, wonderful. And it's like crickets. Yeah. And then something which I thought, (laughs) oh man, it's really bad, but I got to post something today. I like, everybody loves it. I'm like, seriously, like, that's not even my good work. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You're like, really guys, that, Okay. <laughs> but the thing is, is it allows me to see what resonates with people. 
And I think yeah. that mm-hmm. that's an, another part of leveraging the power of language and, and leveraging the words in your book is, is doing Absolutely. that market research. Mm-hmm. And it's conversation, it's conversation and audience building as well, as you said, mm-hmm. by having that sort of ongoing conversation with your audience as you're writing the book. For one, you don't feel so damn lonely because writing a book is really easy to just get in your head. And if it, maybe you have an editor, but it's really kind of only the two of you. And that, you know, it, a book is a long process. That's a long time to spend in your own head. So by publishing that stuff, you can talk with your audience. You can sort of air these concepts. You don't have to keep them, you know, all like tight to your chest until the book comes out. Um, and I often have clients say to me though, when I, when I recommend this, they're like, yeah, but then they'll know all the concepts in the book and they won't want to read the book. And I'm like, absolutely not. Social media brains and book brains are 100% different. They will totally still be into the book. Well, here, here's the thing. Like you can give it all away and they still want to work with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And, and the more you give away out of your book, the more excited people come because you're just giving them little mm-hmm. tidbit tastes, right? You're not giving them the whole thing. So, you know, it, it's like when, um, I don't know, in the United States, do you guys have Pringles? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. the commercial is that you can't eat just one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yep, exactly. So every Same time concept. you look at that can of Pringles and you pull out the first one, you look at the rest, it's like, yeah, I can't eat just one right? <laughs> and so when you're putting out those little tidbits, if you're doing it on a regular basis, all you're doing is making people hungry for more. And, you know, as mm-hmm. you start to get closer and you start to, you know, talk about more people are like, why is it going to come out? Make sure you put me on the list. I want to buy it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good. <laughs> you're on the list. Go to this link. Join my autoresponder. I'll make sure, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is such a different position to be in than so many authors that sort of like, they think of writing, and I think writing is really portrayed as this solitary act of like, I sit down at my desk and I write my book, and then suddenly I put the book out without having ever said anything about it or told anyone or having a website for it or saying anything ever, and then people will just love it. And I'm like, oh, that just won't happen. Like you have to talk about it all the way through. People wanna be involved in the collaboration that is inherent in this process. Well, you know, for for all of the books, that I've done and with a lot of the clients, I've actually specifically told them, involve your client or involve the social media audience in writing the book. Yeah. You know, um, show them a few different colors, let them vote, you know, show them which biopic, let them vote, you know, say, I was thinking about this topic or this topic or whatever, like ask a lot of questions, get people voting on your book because it gets them mm-hmm. engaged, involved, and they feel like they're a part of it. Exactly. And it also lets you see what does your audience want? You'd be amazed how many times, you know, a client, we've had two or three covers and they say, I absolutely love this one. I said, yeah, put it out. I bet you it's not the one your audience loves. Mm-hmm. I know. It's so helpful just to get, yeah, just to get out of your own head a little bit about it. You're, cause well, writing because writing a book, you get so close to it. Well, here's the thing. And, and I've told this to clients. You cannot be emotionally attached to your book. Oh, that's such a hard one for them though. It's really hard. And I get it too. Like when I'm on the other side, like it's hard to emotionally detach from your own work, but it is so important. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean you don't care about your book. It doesn't mean that you make it the, the best book that it can be, but yeah. it, it just means that 
you're not so emotionally tied to it that when something happens, it rips your life apart. Or if someone doesn't like it, or if the audience chooses a different cover than the one that you like, the point of your book is to build your business. Okay. Don't get me wrong. There's people yeah. who write books for other reasons, but when you're an entrepreneur writing of your course. book, you're writing your book to build your business, right? Yeah. So you can't mm -hmm. be emotionally attached to it. You have to produce what the audience is going to be attracted to, not what you're attracted mm -hmm. to. And it might uh, be know, in your eyes, important. the ugliest cover on the face of the earth. But if the majority of the audience is like, oh, I love it. It's amazing. It so speaks <laughs> to me. Guess which cover you better go with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's uh it's hard to cultivate that sort of detachment by but still remaining you know true to the original point of the book because i see some clients go into analysis paralysis of like i can't write any word if i don't know if the audience is going to like it and i'm like yeah the audience matters absolutely but this is also your book so it's finding that balance i think between yeah. the two things which people struggle with and, and and you hit it right on the nail it's the balance like i'm sure you've mm -hmm. seen it too you know, the pendulum swings one way all the way to the one end, and then it swings the other way all the way to the end, you know, and it's about finding it. And you know what? I, sometimes I've looked at my clients and I've just said, analysis paralysis, you better get used to that word before I hear it. It was really funny. Yeah. I um, was talking to one of my clients and we're going to start working on his second book. And um, he was do he was saying some stuff and we were just talking and he kind of got into that mode, right? Cause he's overanalyzing it. And I said, I got a word for you. <laughs> and he said, what? <laughs> I said, analysis paralysis. He's like, Oh, I remember that word. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember those words. Yes, you should. <laughs> I told it to you often enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what else do you have for us? Oh gosh, we talk about so many other things. Um, specifically, when it comes to leveraging uh, books uh, and leveraging the power of language in books, one thing I often uh, tell clients to do is you have to think ahead. And I'm sure you do this with your clients as well. But the way that I start every book project is with uh, what I call a book compass. And the reason it's called a compass is because it will guide you when we get lost in the middle of the book. Because six months in, and you're like, I don't even know what this is about. I don't even know why I'm doing a book. This is dumb. The book compass will tell you. And so the book compass <laughs> consists of <laughs> the four directions are um, your message. So what is this book about? What are we writing about? Which sounds very simple, but you know, it's, it's easy to go off piece with this. So it's the message, um, the audience, who are we writing it for? The strategy, how does this fit into your bigger business picture? Mm -hmm. You don't want a $10,000 business card. That's a bad business decision. Your book has to have a strategy. You need a return on this. And then your execution plan. How are we going to execute on that? And so we go through those four stages and that's the foundation of any project that I do. But kind of cool thing is that will work for any writing that you do, whether it's marketing writing, whether it's book writing, anything like that, it will, um, it provides an effective foundation for any type of writing. Actually, I have, I don't call it that, but I have the exact same conversations with my clients. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we discuss how are you going to use this book? And when I say that, they said, well, I'm going to sell it and make money from the sales. Oh, no. Well, you'll make a little bit of money from the sales, but that's not how you use the build, book to build a business. And one of the oh. things that I really teach my clients is, and I teach it according to what level they're at. Okay. Um, so I call it the positioning ladder. So when you first start yeah. as an entrepreneur, unless you've already got famous, 
parents or whatever, or family, you start off yeah. invisible. Nobody sees you, yeah. nobody knows your name, right? So how you build your business there is different from when you become an expert and then authority. And then there's influencers and we don't even go there because that's like Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, whatever, <laughs> right? You know, that's a yeah. lifetime of work combination. But, you know, people can go from invisible to authority. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, in the invisible stage, you're going to use your book a lot as, as that extended business card, but I, can, I call it the lead generation tool. You know, mm. you're using it one-on-one -on -one to gain client clientele, right? When yeah. you hit the expert and the authority stage, you're now using that book to gain visibility and promotion, um, you know, building that network, you know, those types of things. So in the beginning, it's like, okay, yes, you can make money selling your book. It's not how you're going to make the money that you want though. And a Yo. lot of times I actually tell my clients to give the book away. Mm -hmm. to the right people though. You just don't give it away to everybody. But when you give the book away to the right potential client, that's when you see the action happen. Absolutely. And I love how you break it down into stages too. You know, one thing that I talk a lot about when you're in that invisible stage, the way that I explain it to clients, because I think it's, it's so hard to hear, right? Nobody wants to feel like they're invisible. That's just, that's an awful way to feel. But the way I have to explain it to people is that research shows that we're exposed to over 100,000 words per day many of which boil down to buy my thing in some way or another. So people aren't tuning you out because like you're not worth it or because they're mean or something. It's because you're spam until you prove otherwise. And a book is a great way to prove otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's not like cheers when you walk in and everybody knows you. <sighs> right. Not at the beginning, at least. No, <laughs> no. And so you have, you have to build that up. Right. So it's how it's also having real, real, realistic expectations of what your book can and cannot do for you. And right? I part I tell of that too. Tool. If you don't use the tool, you don't see the results. Exactly. And I love that that's part of what you do with your, your intake with them is, is helping people think through like, okay, how are you going to use this tool? And I would imagine, is this the right tool for you at the right time? Because the book's not a fit for everybody all the time. No. I think people are sold this idea of like, oh, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to write a book. Okay, great. Should you? And the answer is not always yes. Well, sometimes like there's things you've got to have in place before you write a book. Like, you, oh, yeah. you know, to me, you have to have your core marketing, your core mm -hmm. marketing message. You know, who do you serve? How do you serve them? And who are you in relationship to those two? Right? Like if I have that initial conversation and, and people can't answer those three questions, I'm like, you might not be ready to write a book yet. Or if you do, you're going to get partway in and you're going to change your mind and we're going to be starting the thing all over again because they don't know their, what their business is yet. They don't know who they serve, right? So I think before you write a book, I think you need to be in business a little bit, you know, to, to get that mm -hmm. sense of yeah. where you're going because your business changed. Like when I started, I just started ghostwriting, you know, just to make some extra money. I never, I didn't know that it was going to turn into a publishing company. And I definitely didn't know that I was going to be working with famous people. And I definitely didn't know that five years down the road that I would still be doing this. Mm -hmm. I just took on some writing jobs. And when yep. I started the business, I took on anything and everything. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Learned that one real quick. That don't work too well. Right. So yeah. You know, you, I think you, you have to be at a certain level. Like if you're completely starting your business, I wouldn't recommend writing a book yet. 
Not unless you've got an extremely specific plan, a lot of backup experience in another area and an audience you can already leverage. Those would be the only reasons I would say doing that. But yeah, if you're just starting out, you have so many other things to spend your time, energy, and money on. Don't do it. Yeah, like learning how to sell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, and I mean, I, I fell into this trap, okay? So I'm only laughing because I had been there and done that. But, you know, I thought I could build a business without ever having to sell anything. Like I, you know, I <laughs> fell for that shiny object that said, oh, just do this and this and you don't even have to sell and, and people will just buy mm-hmm. and you don't. And I learned that oh, yeah. that ain't the truth. If you can't sell, you don't have a business. You have a hobby. (laughs) I know. It's so true. Yep. Right? So. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So, Rachel, we're pretty well out of time here. Uh, Do you have any last thoughts? And how can people connect with you? Hmm. So I'll say, I was going to say, okay, I had like four different things go through my head. Um, But what I'll say is this, is please do right please do leverage your language. What you have to say matters. We desperately need you moving your conversation forward in the world now more than ever today. Just please don't let all the excuses or any of the fears or anything like that hold you back because we truly do need to hear what you have to say. One of my very favorite quotes is a word after a word after a word is power. And that is true. So please use your power. Cool. Who said that? this is so embarrassing. This is the second podcast I've been on today that I've quoted it and I can't remember. (laughs) And I'm like, my brain, I am 99% sure it's Maya Angelou, but I will double check. (laughs) And I should have looked that up before I got onto it, but I love the quote. (laughs) But you can tell we're writers, right? Because it's just like always in my head. (laughs) We just quote stuff where we're like, ah, the editor will figure out who said it later and quote it. I know, right? (laughs) I know. That's, that's for later on the day, but, um, but that is true um i i on the other hand am very easy to find um you can find me at bolt from the blue copywriting.com uh on facebook at facebook.com slash bolt from the blue copywriting and on instagram at instagram.com slash bolt from the blue copywriting you can also email me at rachel r-a-c-h-e-l at bolt from the blue copywriting.com Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I have enjoyed this conversation and I suspect we're probably going to, I'll have you back for another one and maybe a little later in 2021, because I don't think we're through this conversation yet. We just, oh no, (laughs) (laughs) I think that we can definitely find some more things to talk about. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Kim. You're welcome. So this has been Rachel Allen and Kim Thompson Pinder on the author to authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the author to authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, author to authority coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www dot author to authority dot com forward slash free dash sample so that is www dot author to authority dot com forward slash free sample have a great day and stay safe